welcome to tonight's episode of Trigger, episode number 14. I'm your host, Zachary Clark, and you all know my co-host, Adam Furman. Adam, how you doing Hello. tonight? Doing good. Excellent. Doing glad, good. Glad to hear. Yes. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did, yes. The kids ate nothing of the sort that you normally prepare, so maybe it was a win. Maybe you should have made a better dinner. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Ha- I don't like that. Well, see, it probably just tasted <laughs> crap. A lot of people don't know how to cook uh, Thanksgiving, right? And so, as when I was a child, you grew up thinking that Thanksgiving is gross. Ugh, these mashed potatoes are flavorless. I'm just tasting starch in my mouth. And I need to drink, like, five so- cups of water to... to hydrate the turkey i just tried to choke down that's so dry and terrible oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> who was who cooked your thanksgiving meals <laughs> i'd rather not say i don't want to disparage anyone perhaps, <laughs> perhaps even still living or maybe even dead but uh as a grown-up i figured you know i could figure out how to cook this stuff and I discovered yeah. the Food Network. And Alton Brown did a Thanksgiving special, and he taught me how to make turkey correctly. And there's all sorts of techniques you can use, but it uh, retains the flavor into the turkey meat and that it doesn't dry out if you cook it appropriately, etc., etc. Don't cook it too long, appropriately season it with the salt, and it denatures the proteins, and so then it retains the juices brining and dry brining and all this stuff must, must keep the juices yes juices are very important but uh, a lot of i don't think a lot of people they're just like looking for that norman rockwell whole turkey situation which we gotta do this is this is uh the, the best turkey that i get is you take a some kitchen shears and you snip out the backbone of the bird and you flip it, breast side up then, and you squish down, crack, 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 and it flattens out into a spatch-cocked turkey. And then you take your spice rub, and you can put whatever you want in there, but, you know, it's salt, maybe a little sugar. I usually like do three to one to one, whatever I put in there, like uh, garlic or whatever kind of dry rub. Usually sage and thyme, usual turkey seasoning herbs on there. And you rub it on the bird, and then you put it on a rack on a pan in the bottom of your fridge for like four days. And it just sits in there, and all of the sweet, sweet turkey seasoning juices get sucked in and out, and osmosis happens, and it's like seasoned all the way through. And you can cook it in like an hour. So there's none of this three-hour turkey nonsense. You stick it in there, and it's like done. Because you have double the surface area now because you cut the bird in half. It doesn't look like Norman Rockwell, though, when you pull it out because it's all flattened out and stuff, and so people aren't into it. Well, right. Well, also Norman Rockwell was a human, not a turkey. Yeah, well, his painting. Smart guy. Oh, oh and I almost forgot. <laughs> We're coming to you live! From inside the hollowed-out carcass of Thanksgiving's dinner. It's delicious in here. (laughs) Mm. Well-seasoned, 
juicy <laughs> and flavorful. Oh gosh, the stuffing's yep. coming in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we we decided we realized after the fact when we were cooking Thanksgiving that we didn't have any green stuff. Usually you'll have like you know and the the vegetables because you know it's like all carbs and meat. We didn't do that this year, so then yeah. I, I had to take a little bit of parsley and sprinkle it over the gravified potatoes and turkey oh. and whatever. So there was a little splash of green on the plate when I fancied it up. Follow me for more recipes on how to make your Thanksgiving one to remember, and not one that makes people have existential dread regarding the holiday. <laughs> Did you see that tweet from that guy? I didn't even pull it up. I forgot. No. I, I couldn't find it. No. I was going through the thing. There's this guy on the internet. And he has been traumatized by Thanksgiving. And it's that thing that I was saying. That's like, he had Thanksgiving and it wasn't the best. As a child, you eat your cranberry sauce and you're like, I could have a spoonful of that and choke it down. Maybe. But it's gross. <laughs> and yeah, so, you, uh, yeah. So you eat Thanksgiving dinner, and you like you hear everybody say, "Oh, this is the best ever," because they're being polite and whatever. Maybe they liked it. Maybe they've eaten cardboard all year, and this is the best thing they've had. Hard to say. But this guy went off on it. He said, "It's all fake. It's all lies. It's the religion of tradition, and it's poisoning us." It'll be the worst meal you have all year. Don't fall for the lies. Reject it. It's not important. Yada, 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 yada. I'm like, yeah, how's that going to go over? You're sitting there at the table across from Grandma who just labored over making this meal. And, you know, it's not the best turkey you've ever had. It's just a dryish, sort of flavorless turkey. It tastes like meat. You're eating it, and you're like, oh, <laughs> Grandma, yeah, <laughs> get your game together. This is <laughs> trash. I'm going to put this in the trash where it belongs. Hey, anybody got a phone book? I'm calling for takeout right now because this is trash. You're trash, Grandma. It's just a thing you do. It doesn't mean that people thought that it was the best thing ever, but you're not going to talk to somebody in the face and tell them that their food they just prepared for you is garbage. That's not polite at all. No, that's a good way to get smacked. Yeah. It's like, whatever, you're completely ungrateful. Someone made you a meal. You don't have to yeah, eat it. exactly. But that's rude. Where's your manners? Yeah, didn't get raised right. Maybe you should bring a side. Bring something that you know you'll like, and everyone else too. Something that you've learned how to make exactly. well, and, and make it in a way that you really like the way it tastes. And say, aha, you know, stuffing I never really appreciated. However, I looked at several different recipes and created my own version that had, I don't know, apples in it or whatever. Sausage yeah, stuff. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. And it's, it's really yeah, good. It's I really macaroni. like macaroni. Yeah, I really like to eat it. And it's in the Thanksgiving theme. There you go. And you can bring it and you can say, ah, look, guys, this delicious dish I made. And then, like, your uncle will sit across the table from you and he'll take a bite and he'll go, yeah, it's so good. I'm 
So yeah, 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 yeah. And, and privately, he's thinking this is the worst thing oh, I've ever tasted. Oh gosh, why is this garbage being brought to think? But he doesn't say that because you built it and you brought it and you, you served it up and you're proud of it and you like it. So who cares? Yeah. And how would you feel if someone said this thing that you created that you love is garbage and I want to put it in the trash and you're trash for making it? Anyway. Yeah. You can enjoy Thanksgiving if for no other reason than that <laughs> it's a time to be thankful for things. It doesn't need to be <laughs> if it's just a free meal. Traditions are good things. It, no, I I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I don't know where people think it was bad. Uh, there's a thing. It was like a was it like a counter revolution and rebellion that happens and this is usually you grow out of it by the time you're like 25 or whatever but uh you know you're 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 a child and things are the way they are because they you just get told it's like it's just the way it is kid get over it and you're like nah i know better than everybody else in hundreds if not thousands of years of tradition on how to do things (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna do it my yeah. own way, which is exactly. better. <laughs> You're a yeah, <laughs> naive teenager. Yeah. All right. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, teenager. You're part of that culture. If there's parts of it you don't like, you know what you can do. You can influence it and change it. But you shouldn't dismiss out of hand something because either you don't understand it completely, and you probably don't because you're an idiot child. <laughs> or, or it might have a hidden value that you don't completely understand now but you know maybe 10 years from now you might see it's nice to have a day set aside where you can sit down with the people that are closest to you your friends your family and you can say I'm thankful at least that I'm alive things I've seen in this world yeah that I get to taste life again. Every breath I take of the good air is a blessing upon me. And, you know, actually have some gratitude inside of you for just a moment, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> three to five minutes. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> three to five takes. seconds, that's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you appreciate your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway that's our thanksgiving segment folks if you like to like this video and subscribe for more of this content <laughs> we're getting into it and coming to you live from the scanner radio there wasn't much on the old scanner that I saw this week, but I did see this interesting one, and chivalry has died in Quincy. Oh, no. Sixth and Broadway. A male stopped to help a female with a flat tire and stole her cell phone and wallet. QPD in her Oh, no. Was last seen running west on foot. <laughs> oh, ma'am, are you <laughs> in distress? <laughs> Like you <laughs> have you got... calling AAA? Here, let me take your phone for you. Oh, I've got... I, I'll just call... I have AAA. I'll call... Let's say it's my car. 
Let me see your phone. Could you unlock it, please? <laughs> yeah, my phone's dead. My oh, phone's dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> it just takes off. Six of Broadway? Oh, yeah. That's right that's right across the street from the police station. Yeah. Brazen. Brazen. <laughs> it was a bold move. It was in the afternoon. <laughs> yes, it, it was on Thanksgiving. Daylight? On Thanksgiving Day. Oh my god. Broad gosh. daylight right across from the police station. Man, it looks like you may have got a flat tire there. Oh, oh I'm old hat at changing tires. Oh, just go grab the tire iron out of the back. Snatch, snatch. And he goes over to his junkie, uh, his junkie friend who sells him the drugs, and he says, okay, I got a wallet, and it's got, like, no cash in it and some credit cards and stuff that are canceled already. <laughs> but you have some time because I also got her cell phone. She couldn't call the bank right now, and it's a holiday. <laughs> What do you give me for it? Man, nobody. It's worthless. <laughs> oh, that's a poor thing to happen to somebody on Thanksgiving Day, though. Yeah. You know, more than ever, that person needs to take a moment to think about what they're thankful for. Really reflect on it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like old Job. He, uh... He left, led a godly life, and then, you know, had the world fall down on his head. And it wasn't because yeah, he, yes. he was a bad guy or did anything wrong. You know, just things just happened. No. He, he said he was righteous. That's correct. We'll see how righteous he is, God. This was the devil. We'll see how righteous he is. All you gotta do is take away from him his wealth. <laughs> like, like a bad Marlon Brando. <laughs> Marlon Brando would have been a fantastic devil. He would have been. That's, I'd watch that movie. Who knows, maybe it made. I'm not familiar with his entire filmography. Could yeah. be Marlon they'll, Brando. They'll have the like devil. a deep fake of him now. Get get me the Brando estate. I've got an idea for a film. He's like the taxi, like. Eh. This Job. He isn't what you say he is. <laughs> Brando acted like that, and I really I found this out later because he would, and some people speculated this was just a scheme so he didn't have to memorize his lines, but he would have his lines fed to him during the scene, so that it's like they were occurring to him, the character, as he was in the scene, and so when uh, he when he's in the Godfather, what a what a master, <laughs> what what a what a brilliant guy. He could—he's like a—you know—the epitome of acting, and then like also he's just this lazy guy. Yeah. yeah. So he's like—he's in the scene. He's like, he's, I'm gonna get out of his work. And he, and he takes a minute 
You know, he's he says a phrase, and then he'll wait, and then he'll continue on. That's because yeah, he sense. doesn't know what he's going to say next. It's occurring <laughs> to him because someone's telling him the lines as he's working. Yeah. No. Even though Martin Sheen knows his lines. <sighs> I imagine being an actor would be a tough job. Just because you got to work with all those idiots all the time. I wouldn't... I wouldn't classify them as idiots. <laughs> no, it's just like, this is stuff like that. I'm not, you know, idiots is my go-to for people who do things that I really don't appreciate <laughs> at all. <laughs> I was going to say, that's on the verge of, that's like insane. Yeah, they're, they're absolute prima donnas. They're like, oh, Brando's not coming out today. He said that he found a green M&M in his bowl or whatever. That's, that's Axl Rose. Yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna do this show. He's not gonna come out tonight in Columbia because he found a green M and M. Yeah. Well, that riot he started when James Hetfield got set on fire. <laughs> what? You can't tell me you've Who not started s- the riot. You can't tell me you haven't seen the Metallica behind the music. We didn't start the fire. Oh my god! You have not. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Not, roast I got, Adam. Uh, roast okay, Adam and shit. If I did, it was like fifteen years ago. <laughs> I did not see the Metallica behind the music. No, I did not. All right. Okay. They're in Toronto and they're doing a show with Guns and Roses and Metallica plays <laughs> for them. Metallica's playing Fade to Black, and uh, they have pyrotechnics set up on stage, and James Hetfield steps too close and one explodes on him and sets him on fire. He still has scars on his face to this day. Yeah, Michael Jackson style. Yeah. So they're like, oh my gosh, we can't play anymore. James just got lit on fire, and Axel is sitting in the back drinking a martini and smoking a cigarette and he's like no we can't go on tonight my throat hurts <laughs> are you for real about the about the martini and the cigarette yes i don't see him as a martini guy i'm telling you but, what was in the behind okay. the music patel i don't know obviously i wasn't there <laughs> it was the mid 80s or whatever i was you know five <laughs> he said yeah we can't do this my throat hurts you know, that's what was on this thing. Regardless of all that stuff, what ended up happening was Guns N' Roses didn't take the stage. Didn't take the stage, and the fans rebelled. Burned down the place, basically. Tore it down. <laughs> yeah, they paid to see Guns N' Roses they, play. Yeah, they paid, they and they got, they got half a set of Metallica, and that was it. So, and it wasn't even the good stuff, like St. Anger. So, <sighs> we know. <laughs> ping, 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 ping. Oh, my gosh. The drum sound was important. Oh, yeah, I got there. it perfect in mixing, said Lars. I can't... <laughs> per, periodically, I'll see, I, I follow them on social media. And periodically, something will come up. And these, these, these guys are literal children. They never progressed. Oh, definitely. They never did. <laughs> and it's terrible because it's like... Aren't they like 60 now? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. They act like they're like 15 years old. And <laughs> it's awful because it's like, 
uh, Kirk will be out there, and they're like doing a thing, and they're talking about stuff. They're opening like this box set, and it's showing all this like old like pictures of like when they made the Black Album or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and then Lars will just walk into the frame. Oh hey, what are you guys doing in here? Oh look, it's Kirk. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> And they'll just start ripping on him and roasting him. And it's like, I'm trying to do the thing to promote this. This is what we're doing right now. We're trying to sell these things. And and Lars is like, I can't take five seconds to (laughs) be a professional. Uh, I don't know. Do they need to? Do do they need to? Or they're going to just release a box set and it will, you know, become ultra platinum or whatever. Well, that's the thing. They don't. They don't have to uh, do anything. They are super rich, right? That's why they never had to progress. They're just. <laughs> well, they love their yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> when I first got into Metallica, I thought, "Man, these guys are so cool. I'd love to hang out with them and whatever." And the more I started seeing <laughs> about them, like. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, I, don't want, I don't want, I don't want that. That sounds awful. <laughs> it's like, it's like they're in a continual civil war in that band. And speaking of civil wars, civil war is trending right now on Twitter. Oh no, is it really? Civil war is trending on Twitter and it has something to do with a football game. There is a... Yeah. Oregon uh, college football rivalry and they're playing each other and so they called that the Civil War and so the Civil War is being talked about on Twitter a little bit about this football game and then the political aficionados pick it up and uh, it yes, currently of course it's idiots oh it had like some 200,000 tweets I don't know when this re- when this counter resets on here yeah, whatever Jack decides. Uh, <laughs> but uh, people were saying, oh, I saw Civil War trending and it got me nervous. You football guys, uh, how could you do that right now during this time? Because uh, the politics of it, there's going to be a Civil War and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, no games. You can't have games anymore. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I thought, these guys got to be fucking joking, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa, Zach. Zach. Oh, no. These You're guys get us censored. These guys got to be <laughs> joking me. They think that the Civil War would break out and then it would be trending as Civil War on Twitter. That... I don't know. Their militias start taking territory and, you know, rounding up the opposition and fighting in the streets. And it trends as civil war as soon as that starts. It's just like, the civil war has started, guys. I just... That's not what happens. My mind was bottled up when I saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Speaking of this, Biden cheated is trending along with civil war is not a coincidence. 
Even oh, those, it is. Yeah, I see. Even though Civil War is referencing football, there are no coincidences. Perhaps a glitch in the Matrix. But a coincidence, it's not. Civil War. Biden cheated. Dun, 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 dun. Insane. Maybe it was a couple fans of Guns N' Roses with uh, Civil War. <laughs> I don't need no civil war. Follow me for more yeah. Axel Rose covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is... We're... I just don't even know what to say. I gotta think that they're just memeing. They saw it was trending, and people saw, ooh, I want to put civil war in a tweet, and then they... Tweeted out some hot take about how this is how it starts. This is how I found out. I was so triggered when I when I saw Civil War training because I thought it meant that the war between the Biden and Trump supporters had begun. It's not how it's going to turn out, anyways. No. If it were to, that's not how it works. Yeah, you know, the first thing that would happen is that Civil War, the hashtag, would be trending on Twitter if Civil War started. Adam, obviously, God. What do you think That's this not is? How, oh my gosh! Look at look at how uh, uh, civil unrest and, and armed conflict within and uh, within nation states happen, and you can see how that's not. It's like it's not like Fort, Fort Sumter, uh, you know, the the cannons fire. It's like <laughs> civil, civil war, war started. War. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it would immediately be called Cromwell. A English Civil War. Civil War. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Francisco Franco comes in and, hey guys, we're going to start a Civil War. That's not how it works. Yeah, they, they, obviously. I, the Civil War was always known as the Civil War. The moment that, uh, you know, the first state seceded, Adam. We need uh. to make... <laughs> Education great again. <laughs> oh my gosh, that doesn't even make sense. Fort Sumter was fought upon newspapers. The Civil War has begun, everyone. <laughs> they, also, they also thought it was called World War Two. <laughs> yeah. World War Two has started. Hey guys, hey guys. The Archduke of Austria Hungary was murdered. World War One has started. The first World War. <laughs> That's what it said in my history book, Adam. That's all I know. I can't. That's what the, that's what the bolded words said. I can't. I they can't. dedicated two pages. I can't handle these. These these children. Good. Am I becoming an old man? <laughs> Good save yeah. on the language there, by the way. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I don't If you can explain how someone could think that in not just memeing, but actually think that Hashtag Civil War would indicate that a United States Civil War had began as the first indication that they received 
on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. There's, Please explain to me in the comments. There are some good memes. There are some good memes about, like, you know, do a civil war. Uh, and that's all, you know, done in jest. But I don't know how people legitimately would think that. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay. I mean, I don't know. Removing all of the subtext, pretext, and everything that goes into, like, an actual two or more sided open armed conflict between partisan groups in the United States and how desperately far we are away from that situation and thinking that uh, and thinking how that could escalate like in a moment overnight where you wouldn't know about something happening other than a hashtag yeah. forming and the first hashtag that's talking about it is the civil war hashtag civil war i'm like i'm like you you guys are bonkers i'm like what are you talking about yeah. it's it's crazy i mean gosh what was uh even like like germany right uh <laughs> germany with the weimar republic that's is that is synonymous with like the machine gun fights in the street between, yeah, I don't know, nationalists and fascists and socialists and communists and stuff. I mean, every every week there was a new gun battle in the street between some faction or another. Yes. And uh, there was no, they didn't call that the German Civil War. That's, that's not a. It wasn't I mean, even a civil war. I guess war. it could be considered that. They it was just they factions. would just call it. Hey, that was Weimar. <laughs> yeah. There were, it was just factions fighting in the street. There was no civil war in Germany. They took over politically. No, it was well, it was lawlessness. Well, yeah, that was a tool they used to take over politically. It, well, right, exactly. Um, but I mean, no. <laughs> you would need to have established not just factions but solidified groups, and then it, to escalate yeah. to the level of war, it would need to they would need to each have substantial territory that they were defending and occupying and right. assaulting. You would need to have correct. And I don't even know how this works with the functioning government still in place, because that's like I don't I don't know either. I mean, because you get like, I don't know, it's, it is kind of, there is a sense of lawlessness in there, but like with the, I know Spanish Civil War was between the parties, it was, it was kind of like the, you know, the nationalists versus the Republicans, but even then you take the Republican and it was uh, the Republican forces and that was a coalition between certain socialists and communist factions within them who were even warring with each other during that time period, uh, most notably the Soviet faction kind of taken over towards the end but which eventually led to the republican downfall to the fascists or the nationalists um so i mean even then it's a lot more complicated uh, american civil war as you know zach uh, american civil war is probably like one of the cleaner uh civil wars that uh were involved because they had i mean they actually had like uniforms and uh you know, clear battle lines and and uh, 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 battlefields and, and, and whatnot. It was very, very clean uh, compared to other countries' civil wars. And 
conflicts. Yeah, it was executed between two states. Because the Confederacy... Right, that's how they saw themselves. Yeah, had the decency to declare separation. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and to uh, right. formalize their nation and do all that stuff. A little different if you're, like, particularly yeah. trying to do some sort of guerrilla uprising and have a internal rebellion, and you don't have such clean geographic separation... It'd be like if Illinois, I mean, I don't know, that's probably a bad example. Uh, yeah, because there would be clear geographic yeah. lines. A, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's difficult for me to to, to develop, because it's true everywhere. But, like, if you tried to take the entire United States right now and separate it into blue tribe, red tribe, and say those are the factions and the upcoming hashtag civil war I'm like I don't know there's like enclaves then there's no you know clear uh, geographic separation between what would be blue and what would be red right but usually there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of there's an element of like uh, an exchange of peoples where they're through one way or another people are forced across uh whatever uh, borderline, I mean, that would be. <clears throat> and you can see it somewhat uh, in the uh, the Cypriot conflict with, like, the, with Cyprus and the, uh, uh, <laughs> the stage known as the Northern Turkish... It's Cyprus Turkey. It's Turkey. No. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's, 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 it's Turkish-occupied Cyprus. Because um, there was a sort of, and it's easier then to look at that because there was an actual like uh, an ethnic exchange because of the Greeks and the Turks. But there's this element of like uh, an exchange of peoples across a an artificial or uh, physical border, um, and then that's where the lines are drawn. So I mean, I don't know. I'm with you though. Like I don't know how you would. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know. My bottle. Anyway, if you, if you can explain this to me, anyone out there, anybody in the universe, about how someone could uh, seriously think that hashtag Civil War was the uh, the the shot on Fort Sumner that that made people think that there was a literal Civil War occurring, then you, you maybe you're a better man than me because I can't puzzle it out. But there is there is a literal Civil War happening in the world, and it is happening between Azerbaijan and uh, Armenia. It was bad enough to have the band System of a Down come out of retirement and put out uh, some new tracks. They were oh okay. Oh my gosh. I looked them up. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh... uh Why'd they leave the keys up on the table? <laughs> If you go create a nibble, another fable, you wanted to. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, I can get into System of a Down a little bit. Uh, but uh, Azerbaijan and uh, Armenia have recently uh, came to some sort of ceasefire agreement brokered by Russia. Uh, some people say that the Armenian side is being uh, 
taken advantage of or discredited or, or being pushed out of their legitimate rights and territory, etc. I don't know. I haven't got too deep into it. But uh, part of it was relocation and uh, territorial occupation by Azerbaijanis uh, against the Armenians. Uh, and so they're pe- forcing people to relocate and move. And as part just to be clear, just to be clear, Zach, this is the Armenians, the same ones who uh, fell victim to genocide by the Turks, right? Back yes. uh, about a hundred years ago. Okay, just want to be clear. I don't know because if you ask uh, the Turks, they will say that that was propaganda and uh, Armenian propaganda, and the genocide as such never occurred. Oh, but yeah, okay. it was a genocide well, against the Armenians by the Turks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think the United States even officially recognizes it as a genocide. Is the no, thing. There's, it seems there's that, political uh, stuff every, going on. Yeah, it, every, <laughs> it's also about every presidential candidate talks about it and uh, whatever, and then they get to become president and they never like officially recognize that the Armenian genocide actually happened. Because of there's like NATO and all these other implications, but yeah, we, see, we don't know. We got nukes killed in a bunch Turkey of, right now. I don't know. Killed millions of people based on their ethnicity. It sounds like a genocide, but what do I know? It wasn't because of that. It was because of other reasons that just happened to coincide with their ethnicity. Adam, come yeah, on. Yeah, they were like selling. Yeah, they were traitors to the central powers or whatever they claimed. <laughs> World War One. I. I don't know. I've not gotten into it. Again, if you want to explain the Armenian genocide to us, feel free to launch into it into the comments below. <laughs> but so and, okay, so people think that they're getting the shaft for this. Yeah, uh, and as part of the relocation, instead of leaving the things that they've built behind as they leave, they are burning them to the ground. Armenians are burning their own homes as the clock ticks down to a handover of territory to Azerbaijan under a Russian-brokered peace deal that followed six weeks of fighting over the enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh and surrounding areas. Uh, our uh, mutual friend here and two-time Prometheus uh, Award winner <laughs> Travis Corcoran commented, tell her respect for burning rather than handing over to enemies. When I was around seven years old, my dad explained to me what unions and strikes were, and I said that if I owned a factory and the workers struck, I'd burn it down. Uh. Hashtag never cuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think I completely understand the sentiment, and then we had this comment down, down below, and I completely related to and it says a friendly tax rep from the state of oregon said they would seize my car if i ever drove through oregon to pay a two thousand dollar tax debt they trumped up she was upset when i said no tow truck operator was going to hook up a burning car (laughs) and i'd rather see it destroyed than be stolen it was good yeah uh, I don't, I don't remember, uh, why or when authoritarians thought that it would be easy to force people to conform to their tyrannical rule. 
because this is exactly what would happen. This this is the real hashtag civil war that would happen if a, a true authoritarian state came into being. Eventually, I don't know when the last time you read the Declaration of Independence was, but it, it stated some uh, inherent truths in being a human being. Eventually, it becomes too much to bear. You can't, you can't anymore. You're just done. You just, you, you don't care anymore what they do to you. You're burning it down. And, you know, they can try to sift something out of the ashes if they want, but they're going to have to sift it out of the ashes because I'm burning everything to the ground if they want to try to take it from me anymore. I'm done. And this is exactly what would happen. The, the tyranny becomes too much and the oppression becomes too much for a, a amount of people in general to stand. And then they say, enough's enough, buddy. Get, get going. Yeah. Because we're fighting to the last man. And if you would like to have this scorched earth when we're gone, then you can keep doing that. But we're done here. <laughs> and so that's why I think these hashtag civil war types just don't understand what's going on. <laughs> they don't know. I don't know if they've never thought about it or they've never read a book in their lives. <laughs> Never, never read a book. But it's like, think about it for a second. What does that mean? People, regular people, because this isn't going to be some organized military thing or whatever, and there's going to be like no. five guys or whatever. It's going to be your neighbors and you, and you decide that whatever's happening has gotten too much, and you can't abide it any longer. What would that look like? What would have to happen to you and your neighbors in order for you to rise up together and form an armed group and go out and march down the street and say, no, more, friends. This is enough. Of whatever it is. <laughs> whatever your issues are. Yeah. Now think about that and put it in that context and then say, when, when does the hashtag civil war happen? I don't know. It's not because Trump was mean to journalists or made fun of somebody on the TV. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> oh, we don't call on activists. <gasps> oh my gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe you said that. Mike Pence came out and he didn't even answer questions. He just gave a statement. This is totally outside of the norms. <laughs> <laughs> Get a grip on yourselves, you maniacs. <laughs> hey, remember when, remember when that one guy body slammed a journalist and broke his glasses? Oh, wasn't that in uh, Montana? He choke slammed. Yeah, it was in Mon- yeah. yeah, it was big sky country. Yeah, I remember that. I don't, I, and I remember, I don't think he went to jail, and I was sad. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't understand that. That would have been interesting to figure out why. Hey, this guy just assaulted and battered me. <laughs> Let's take a statement. Oh, you're a journalist? <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Drop it frames. This might be a night where we have to upload the episode. There's a couple of downtimes, I think. <sighs> Moving on to something more palatable, though 
Not by much, I don't think. But I came across this tweet. And I thought it was very interesting. And it's a lady, and she's lamenting uh, how socialization and big media have told her that she has to find certain people attractive. Alright, it goes like this. Okay. Y'all want me to accept the idea that Adam Driver is fine, but Hassan Minaj is unattractive. When I think back on all the mediocre white men I crushed on in my adolescence because I was conditioned to slash had no other options, whoo chow! So I'm trying to break I don't, this. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I was, trying to, <laughs> I I was trying to break this down in my mind. I couldn't completely yeah. get it. And so I like scroll through. Well, maybe there's an explanation down below. And I saw something I thought was a little funny. And it was, uh, <laughs> somebody said, this guy keeps getting cast in movies as a heartthrob. I feel like Hollywood is effing with us. And yeah, I mean, I can see it. This guy's not uh, my uh, idea of a heartthrob either. <laughs> But no, this are is... they talking about him, or are they talking about Adam Driver? That guy, I don't know. That guy in the GIF, I don't even know who that guy was. But he wasn't a good-looking guy. This is Hassan Minaj. So anyway, <laughs> the lady says, if you're trying to get me to accept the idea that Adam Driver is fine, but Hassan Minaj is unattractive, laughy, cryy face. And then I look at Hassan Minaj, and I say, all right, if I was going to go to bed with a guy... I was being picky. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like where this conversation's going, Zach. <laughs> but, all right. If I'm trying to be like objective and saying like uh, judging the uh, attractiveness of a man, I'm like, I don't get it. Uh, why? Why did you choose Hassan? He's he, he seems fine like as a guy. I've watched him on the Daily Show and whatever, but whatever. And, and also, to the extent that somebody is culturally pressure, pressuring you into considering to be Adam Driver to be a heartthrob, I concur. Look. <laughs> he's a little goofy looking to me. I'm not on board with it. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. People say, ah, oh, Adam Driver, <laughs> he's so attractive. Look at him. Oh, dreamy. <laughs> I could get lost in that smile. Well, I said, I you know, know, I'm not trying to judge people's looks because I don't really care in general, but I don't understand this premise. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, I know he does work. I know he does like charity work for veterans. So this, I mean, yeah. There's that. I mean, look, I'm not saying that he's not a wonderful, wonderful human being, and that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. And that if we, well, me and him, fell like... in love, that we couldn't get beyond this. <laughs> Yeah, beyond just, things and, and fall in love <laughs> on a deeper level and I'm not going there <laughs> but this is the thing that, that I didn't understand there's this premise couched in here that there is some force at work that uh, is trying to force uh, force people to think that mediocre white men to the exclusion of I don't know apparently uh, citing Hassan Minaj and the uh, Using race to say refer to like uh, people of color, black people, Middle Eastern folks. I guess I don't know. 
aren't attractive. It's like being forced out there, like saying, like, yeah, yeah, the media controls my conception of what, who I find attractive because whoever's on the cover of Sports Illustrated or whatever is, you know, the only people that are cute to me or whatever. And I didn't understand. Because I'm like, obviously, this person exists in the world. They know that there are celebrities that exist and they're being drummed up. And uh, I don't know. Because she just forgot about Denzel. I don't know. She just forgot about Denzel. And I said to myself, I said, I won't let this stand. Denzel Washington exists. He's a very fine track man. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't asked him, but I'm pretty sure that he's not white. And I'm pretty sure that he's been voted world's sexiest man, maybe more than once. And besides all that nonsense, you can look at Adam Driver and think he's the cutest boy on the block, or Hassan Minaj, or Denzel, and fall in love. And it doesn't matter what the media tells you. I mean, unless you're me, because I saw Kathy Ireland on the front page of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and I lost my heart forever. Sorry, Allison. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, I know people make a big deal about the stuff. And I never really understood it. And it's not just like this thing. There's this weird thing where our racist society has created a conception of beauty, attractiveness, desirability of men and women that excludes people of color. And I don't believe that that was necessarily ever true in my experience. There was always included, if, if, if you're sitting around with your buddies and you're creating a top 10 list, you know, it, <laughs> it was usually famous people because that's just the way it goes. So to the extent that that's happening, it's just like they've entered your consciousness somehow. And so in order to do that, media has been involved. To the extent that there's more attractive people that exist in the world, but they haven't been on the cover of a magazine or in a movie, then you've got me. I, I will be on board with you right there. And I guess then I could be on board with this, but to the extent that the movies or the magazine covers were excluding then people of color from being involved in that conversation by not including them. Maybe it's because I'm not an old man yet, or not that old. But I've been in this modern era where there's been inclusive media. But, you know, Halle Berry, Tyra Banks, Beyonce, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Selma Hayek. I don't want to forget any of my childhood heartthrobs here. I was going to say, you are, you are dating yourself there, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> What are you trying to say? Are you saying that these these aren't attractive women anymore? Adam? Oh my gosh. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm calling you old. We're going to be taking additions for, for new co-hosts for Triggered because Adam doesn't oh, think no, Salma Hayek wait, is a beautiful I... woman. <laughs> uh, but it's not just, uh, you know, attractiveness and that, but it's the same. They, they say try to say the same thing for... Uh, protagonists in films and stories, they don't look like me, and I can't relate to them. These sorts of things. Uh, there aren't enough 
female protagonists in stories for young girls to relate to. There aren't enough black protagonists or admiral char- characters in film and books for black people to relate to and these sorts of things. And I'm like, I've, I've seen films where there have been female protagonists and non-white protagonists, and I didn't have any trouble relating to them in the context of the story, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't completely understand this or why that the race of the person or their gender excludes you from being able to form that that bond to them for the purpose of the media that you're ingesting to be able to relate to them on a human level. I don't. Right. It'd be like if I saw the protagonist in that story was a blonde and I have brown hair. I just can't relate to somebody who has blonde hair. I see it on about that level for a lot of things. It's uh, that level of absurdity to me. I just don't understand. I'm like, okay. But they're a human being, right? Well, yeah, but people are fundamentally different based on their race, I guess, is the, is the thing that they're saying. And I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what the no the whole the reason why you relate to the you relate to the the protagonist is because they're uh, because of their current actions or their past actions um, and then also their uh, the dreams and aspirations like what their mission is in that uh, version of the media it's something that you can relate to I can relate to getting the girl I can relate to slaying the the bad guy or shoot the bad guy I can. Uh, relates to conquering my fear doesn't matter what that fear or what the bad guy is in that um, but that's where the relatability comes down to I mean you can play with it and do with like uh, what I would call like the sliders for for like theme and, and uh, what that specific bad guy is uh, be it an actual literal monster or be you know a bully on your block uh, but it's all about like the, the relatability is the the core human emotions that the protagonist experiences. No, fundamentally different based on race or gender. That's what I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach. Look, I mean, I don't believe it. That's just what the people in the public are trying to tell me, not the least of which people who were looking at the election results and saw that the Vietnamese population... <laughs> came out and supported Trump. <laughs> oh, why, why would they? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. Vox did a story, and apparently the demographics on the election results showed that. I don't know if I can find the thing. Here. Some Asian groups. They, I don't know. Demographics, Asian groups. Uh, Asian Indians, uh, 65% Biden. Japanese, 61. Korean, 57. Chinese, 56. Filipino, 52. And then the Vietnamese, only 36% supported Biden and 48% supported Trump. And instead of saying, hey, maybe all Asian people aren't the same, or maybe all... all, There's one for you. Maybe all non-white people, (laughs) however we define that, aren't the same, and they should... monolithically support uh, Biden or Democrats they said that uh, (laughs) 
From my reporting on immigrant Asian communities, I found that some Vietnamese immigrants who might not understand the nuances of racism in America, it's not that they voted for the person that they wanted to win, they just didn't understand, Adam. These people were dumb. Uh, I feel like it's interesting. Shelter. Uh, on, a couple, <laughs> on a couple levels. Don't have agency. The majority of the... They were lied to <laughs> oh, and convinced. My goodness. Oh my gosh. The... Uh... Are these uh, first generation immigrants, second generation? Just they lumped all. Did they, did they explain what they meant by Vietnamese Americans? I didn't get too deep into it. On the surface yeah, okay. level, what I'm saying is, there's a weird. There's a reason why. <laughs> there, there is a. <laughs> there's the group of Vietnamese Americans that are over here in the United States are over here uh, for a very. Uh, clear political reason um they didn't like china they didn't like the north vietnamese um and the communist policies uh and with the result of vietnam war um anyways sorry continue continue on your on your spiel zach i mean that's the look this is the thing like that stuff passed on yeah this is one more thing i don't understand it's uh the party that says that they are the party of inclusion and equity, et cetera, et cetera, regarding race and I don't even know. Because whenever they start talking about race, it starts sounding weird to me, like this kind of stuff. Uh, they come across as this, as the people that are pushing the idea that, all right, here's basically my conception biological race that is racial difference between human beings along the lines of commonly understood racial groups in the United States like black, white Asian Hispanic, Middle Easterns even though whatever Indian folks anyway, however you want to break that out these are superficial separations at best and human beings exist within a wide spectrum of characteristics and traits on a simple biological level within any of those poorly defined uh, racial groups. You're, you have white people that are included in that folks from the Middle East to... Yeah. Uh, Some of the people who are uh, North African or Middle Eastern are, are labeled uh, white, depending on the, yeah, to, uh, how the studies are done. Yeah. So, to Mexican uh, native-borns that were uh, also descended from the Spanish. And everyone... Or the, or the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> or the French, whatever. You know, yeah. so complicated history involved in the Central America region, particularly Mexico. But uh, those are white people. <laughs> All right. And then you have black people, which are sub-Saharan Africans to Polynesians and Haitians. Some Cubans, depending... Brazilians, maybe some, you know, I don't know. Right. 
And I'm like, it's, okay. it's extremely complex. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I know people like they're clearly defined boxes, but I don't get it. It's dumb. There's people aren't, <laughs> they aren't in a box together. And to the extent that we want to try to do that for whatever reason, it seems strange to me. And the, the fundamental premise that comes out of all this is that these groups as defined aren't the same. They have differences and we're going to treat them as having innate differences. We're going to treat them as old-timey racists did and say that they're just not like us, or we're not like them, etc., etc. And I'm like, that's the fundamental issue, right? And if you say that, then you, you, you come across as, the under the new speak, as the person who has the problem. So, maybe I just have the problem. I've not had it this adequately explained to me, no matter how much reading and uh, listening I've done, <laughs> to be able to explain to me how uh, treating uh, people of different uh, quote-unquote races uh, as fundamentally different advances the cause of anti-racism. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. Oh, Zach. I just want to go take a nap. <laughs> Not worry about it anymore. But if you can explain the difference to me or why this makes sense, feel free to comment below this video. Oh. But anyway, last but not least, I wanted to wrap this up because I found this fantabulous image to follow up on our $20 bill discussion from last week. Harry Hinton. Yes. Uh, I believe this is from the Hit, Hitman video game. It looks like it. Well, they put Harriet on here with her crossed pistols. <laughs> compared to rescue poor begotten souls from slavery. Yeah, dude, she's called Moses for a reason. <laughs> Anyway, I put this on the $20 bill and I'm worth it. We need to send a letter to the treasury. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, that's our show for you folks this evening. Uh, please uh, like this video and if you aren't already, subscribe. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter. We have our Twitter handles below and the Triggered Media Twitter handle right down there. Uh, and, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you want to discuss things, recommend ideas for the show, tell me why I'm wrong, or try to save my soul in any way. There you go. <laughs> but, Adam, did you have anything you wanted to promote? This Blackest uh, of Fridays? Yes. Oh, definitely. Uh, this week, my my novel Collateral Damage is on sale for ninety nine cents. So, uh, if you want a, a, a thrilling novel with uh, monsters, giant monsters, and giant robots uh, for less than a buck, uh, pick it up on Amazon. Ninety nine cents, pretty good. Excellent. Link below. Buy that book. It's very good, uh, and you won't regret it. 
But that's our show for tonight, folks. We hope that you have a wonderful evening. Had a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week. Same triggered time, same triggered channel. Take care, folks. <laughs>